1: What's happening, Rebels? Hope your week is going great. It is almost the weekend. Woo! I can't wait. My goodness, we have had such a good week of podcasts this week. Deborah and Mike Bailey, Shay Shaw commentary up front, and we've got another good one for you today. It's sponsored by our friends at Save the Storks, Storks SaveTheStorks.com, and Blinkist, Blinkist.com slash Rebel Parenting. Our friend Connie Albers is on the broadcast today, and she's got a book called Parenting Beyond Rules. And when it came to our studio, I thought, you know, I really want to talk about this because sometimes I think parents like me, I don't know about you, but parents like me fall into everything is a rule everything's a rule it's just a list of things and kids are just following these lists and you're not really moving beyond that into just you know getting along and having a relationship and your kids just doing the right thing because it's the right thing and she is so wise and we had a blast if you hear uh, some background noise Connie was driving or actually being driven When we contacted her, and so she pulled over by the side of the road next to a park and did the podcast right from there. We have a ton of fun. So here is Connie Albers on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. All right, we are live. It's always fun. I just have to say this to our listeners when we hit the live button, it just pauses for an indefinite amount of time while we just sit and stare at each other and stare at our guests in total silence before it goes, you're now live. And then we're like, oh, we can start now. And if you are just waiting, just sitting there, not saying anything. It's always, it always feels it's a little bit awkward. But we've got Connie Albers on the broadcast today talking about your book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. I mean, I heard this. We started reading it. It was like, oh, this is for sure rebel parenting style. So thanks so much for coming on the program today.
0: Hey, I am so stoked to be with you guys and talk about this book and mm-hmm. all the hope that it can bring to the 63 million teenagers in just America.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. That's well, amazing. I know. I'll start off this way. Lincoln is 12. He'll be 13 in October. It's just a few months away. I've got no idea. I remember what I was like when I was a teen. I remember what my sister was like when she was a teen. She was much worse than me. I was a delight as a teenager, I'm sure. So was I. Yeah. So we are, you know, and I like this. I like that you're you're treating kids as individuals. It's not an A plus B equals C. It's not this... Oh, yeah, if you just follow these five rules, then your kids are all going to turn out great again, you know? Oh, Mm -hmm.
0: I know. That's such a disservice, isn't it? Because the parents who have kids that do follow that equation, they feel so good about themselves. And then the ones that don't, that poor child. Oh, my word, that poor child.
1: Oh, yeah. And I have to be honest, I was that for my parents. Like, I really, really was. You know, my dad wrote great books on discipline and rules and boundaries, things like that. I was the kid that would sit and think about the consequences like I used to sneak out at night all the time with my friend Craig like I rewired our alarm system so it wouldn't go off if I left out my window and I knew what would happen if I got caught and it was like well yeah that's okay I'll I'll put up with that that's not that big of a deal I think that's all right <laughs> that's my parents classic. would be like what do you mean they'd punish me and I'd be like yeah I knew I was gonna get this it's okay you know yeah Like, that doesn't work. They had to think of all these new things. Like, what's a new currency that will make you want to (laughs) obey the rules? I was like, well, I don't know. I'm one of those.
0: Oh, I tell you what, but you are, as you probably know by now, Ryan, you are not the only one. I have one of my kids that he does, he, it's a risk cost analysis. Mm -hmm. Is the fun worth the consequence I'm going to get? Are your rules just a mere suggestion? And for him, it was like, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes.
2: Oh, that's That's a great one. That's how it was in my house. The rules were just suggestions.
1: Yes, (laughs) that is true. Maybe,
2: Mm -hmm. maybe not. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. It was... It's suggested until you get caught, Yeah. right? Oh, wait, you meant that? Here, I'll tell you my prime example. Here's my best example of this. I want to say I was a junior in high school. I was 17 my whole junior year. I may have been, it may have been my senior year. It was junior or senior year, and my dad was like, you know what? I, you don't have a curfew anymore. If you want to come home, great. If you don't, whatever. You do whatever you want. We can't force you to do this anymore. I don't want to fight with you about homework. I don't want to fight with you over bedtime, You want to come home, come home. You don't, don't. And I was like, all right, okay. (laughs) So in my eyes, I did my homework that week, but I didn't come home till really late. Like I stayed out with my friends at their houses. You know, the friends who had very, very lenient parents that didn't get, like they weren't asking like, you know, it's 1130, why aren't you home? Like, oh, my parents said I don't have a curfew. It was maybe four or five days of this and I got home one night and the door was locked to where my key didn't work. Oh no. Like, they had double locked it and me, I didn't realize I had been locked out of the house. I was like, oh that's odd. <laughs> so I'm like trying the lock and I get it halfway open and I set the alarm off and my dad came to the door and was like, yeah, you can't come home. And I was like, what? Why? So I stayed away for a couple of days and I came back and he was like, yeah, that experiment is over. You have a curfew. This is when you have to be home. And I was like, oh. Okay. He's like, I thought you'd make the right choice. I'm like, I thought I was making the right choice. Oh, my poor parents. Goodness gracious.
0: Oh, man. Yikes. But look at you guys now, you know? That's look right. At you now. So look at us he now. He did some things right. He mm-hmm. did preserve yep. the relationship, right? Yep. Yes, absolutely. So Connie,
1: what is it that you saw either in your home or in the world That made you want to put yourself out like this. Like writing Mm -hmm. a book is a big deal because in today's age with social media, people can shoot at you without even telling you who they are. Like putting yourself out there and saying, I think this is a better way. I think this is going to work. Really opens yourself up to a lot of vulnerability. What made you just say, you know what, I've got to do this. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, honestly, what made me do it is it was just a whisper from the Lord that I needed to do it. Some people really aspire to writing Mm -hmm. and and all of that, and I'm so sorry. Um, Some people really aspire to that, but for me, I had gotten to the end after working with teenagers and even parenting my own children Mm -hmm. for a long, long time, and I said, I need to help other parents because one of the things that I had learned was what these kids were saying about their parents. They wanted to talk to their parents, yeah. but they were afraid that their parents wouldn't listen or they're afraid that their parents would overreact. I mean, that was such a big one. They're going to not listen to what they have to say. They're going to overreact and then either remove them from all the friends they've ever had because mm. they're all terrible or they're going to take away their devices or restrict them from every possible thing they could restrict them from, from at least a month, maybe the rest of their life. And I thought, I kept telling these kids, you know, your parents want to talk to you. And they're like, "Mm -mm." and I'm like, I I promise they do. However, when we started diving deeper into this subject and I started asking a lot of these kids, the biggest problem was, you know, the fear. Parents were afraid when you hit the teen years. You know, Ryan, you kind of said, alluded to that early on. You're saying, hey, my child's getting ready to be 13 years old. A couple of things happen. One, you realize I'm running out of time. Yes. If I'm going to impart my values, my beliefs, work ethic, character qualities, if I'm going to get make sure my kids are able to stand on their own two legs in the adult world or in the marketplace or in college, I'm out of time or they so they get afraid of that mm-hmm. the other thing is they start to realize they see the gaps and all of a sudden they want to do a crash course to fix everything kids don't want to be fixed No, i mean <laughs> i write about this in the book when i talk about family meetings and i talk about the disaster of my first family meeting i just thought i had this great relationship with my child he was a good kid i thought i was just gonna walk down we're gonna have this discussion i bring a legal size pad full of notes thinking i'm gonna just lay it all out there we're gonna fix him he's gonna be fine and things would be great he saw my legal size paper and he's like oh my God. it did not go well yeah at yeah, all. yeah. Mm-hmm. so I, I want parents to realize the teen years are some of your best years because your kids already know what you believe, why you believe it, and most of the time, they even know how you're going to answer. So when kids don't come to you, I tell parents, step back and let's find out why. Mm-hmm. Is it because they just don't want your answer or they don't want to be fixed? And when we, we can start to identify that it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And by the way, I think,
1: when you say they already know what you believe and they know what you're going to say, sometimes those don't coincide what you think you're teaching them. Sometimes you're trying yes. to say, this is what I believe in, but your actions have said something totally different for mm-hmm. a long time. And you need to go back and be like, you know what? I think I maybe gave you the wrong impression. I think maybe, you know, I was doing these things, but I was saying these things. And mm-hmm. you've got to, you know, kind of reconcile those two.
0: Yeah. So what you're just saying is key. Sometimes we go back to our kids and say, can we start over? Can we reset this? I'm sorry. Mm. What I said did not fall into the tender place of your heart like I meant it to. Or we forget. I think so often as parents, we forget that what we say isn't always what they hear. And the way to fix that, I mean, it starts with mom and dad. It's to become a student of your child. Yeah. How do they care? Yeah. That's
1: right. I said it yesterday. <laughs> so, I was like, stop binge watching Game of Thrones and binge watch your kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll champion that. I mean, if you start to know how God has uniquely wired that child, mm-hmm. you know, I have an engineer, a left brain, logical, sequential child, I have an artist. you do not parent them the same that's right one has to experience life and they're more sensitive and they're more aware Mm. they're more deeply deeply aware Mm -hmm. and the words you say pierce their heart in a much more profound way than the logical sequential that will argue you to death and fact check everything you say you don't approach them the same way you don't speak to them the same way and sometimes parents have said to me so are you just saying like whatever goes parenting i'm like no as your child starts to grow and change you adjust and for some reason we have forgotten that we're allowed to adjust it uh-huh. doesn't make us uh wishy-washy unsteady inconsistent it just means that we are paying attention and i tell parents pay attention to that child know I agree. what it is that yep. they need
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and kids aren't they're born of the temperament they're born of the personality they can be totally different like laura has twin nephews they're very very different my sister and i same household very very different temperaments and personalities mm-hmm. and trying to parent them exactly the same or saying like you kids and lumping them all together it's like whoa 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 i'm an individual yeah. i'm different yeah definitely Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's a beautiful thing that is happening in our culture. I mean, there's a lot of not beautiful things happening. But the fact that we are actually having a conversation that children are uniquely designed and they're a masterpiece in the making, that the one size fits all, the do as I say only. I mean, you do as I say. Yes, we want our children to obey. Yes, we want to protect them. Yes, we want them to be respectful of us. And we want them to honor us. But how we go about that? can be different. Yes. And they grow to respect that because what we're really showing them is I respect you. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to answer before the Lord of how I taught and trained you, mm-hmm. how I spoke to you, how I listened or didn't listen to you, the words that I said or that I didn't say or the way that I said them. And parents can be like, you know, Connie, that's going to take a lot of extra work. Yes, it, yeah. it will. <laughs> right. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yes, to it will. Yeah. However, yeah. it's not for the rest of your life. We're talking a small window of time. Mm. And as I talk about in the book, if you build that relationship and you provide three keys, they know they belong within the family, they know their identity is in with the Lord, and then with the family first, they're less likely to be driven toward the acceptance and the peer pressure of others Mm because they're able to withstand that and they know that they're safe with you so when they've been bullied when they've been Mm -hmm. harassed when they're struggling with what they're seeing in culture that is not adding up with what you've been teaching them their whole life they feel safe because they trust you Mm -hmm. you're not going to shame them you're not going to marginalize them you're not going to guilt them you're going to have a conversation. You're going to talk with them, not at them.
1: Oh yeah. That's fantastic. So is
0: that key in not managing your team? Is that? Well, yeah, we're guiding them on this journey. And as anybody like a minor, you know, you take a light and you, if you know your child, like I know, for instance, my daughter, who's an artist, I saw early on, she wasn't an inside of the box kind of person, but man, she has some core, strong beliefs. So, I would just shine ideas. I, when I call this painting pictures of possibilities, I would mm. give her an idea. You know, you seem to be, notice what I'm saying, you seem to be, mm. I notice this. If we try this, you might like it. Mm. I'm not pushing or dragging or yelling or manipulating. I'm giving ideas of possibilities of where and how she can use the God-given strengths, the gifts, the talents that she's been given mm. And, you know, a lot of people with creative children, whether it's art or music or another medium, but they're creative theater, they really get afraid because that's a rough industry. I mean, it's a rough industry. And I was, I was equally afraid, but we maintained the relationship and we kept going to the why, why does this matter? How can you bring glory to the world? How can you bring beauty to the world for others and still hold those values that are so important? to main, to glorifying the Lord, but living out a life that is a witness for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. always the goal. So to answer your question, yeah, those key, mm-hmm. when we are invested, knowing that we only have a finite amount of time, they go off to college, they go to the marketplace, the influences get greater and more, um, mm-hmm. they can become more impactful. Mm-hmm. But if we say, you know what? I've got this many years now that we're going to be able to flesh this stuff out, that I'm going to be able to have the maximum influence I can have in your life because I have shored up that relationship. You know you can trust me. That's right. You know I want what's best for you. You also know I'm going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's And
1: that level of trust And knowing that you're going to listen to them lasts well beyond the time they're in your house. And that's what we're trying to create. Like we think, oh, my job's going to be done. I'm never going to get it back again. I'm not going to influence them again. It's like, no, no, no. You create a relationship to where when they go through hard times, when they want advice, when they need a shoulder to cry on, when they need someone strong in their life, they can come back to you for the rest of their lives and say, I need this or can you help me with this or what do you think about, you know, those things?
0: Yeah. You know what, Ryan? And that has a lot to do with unconditional love Mm -hmm. because you were talking about your childhood was a little rough. My childhood was very rough. The thing that I have found time and time again is when our kids know that we have unconditional love, there is nothing they can do, foolish, bad behavior, even rebellion that we are not going to cut off our love for them. We're not gonna Mm -hmm. let past hurts. We're not gonna let fear. We're not gonna let anything that they have done stop us from pursuing them and having unconditional love Mm -hmm. and unconditional forgiveness. That frees up that relationship. You know, it's kind of like they cross a bridge, but we don't blow it up. We keep that bridge there because they will come back.
1: Yep, Mm -hmm. that's right. We always tell our kids, and we try to preach this on Rebel Parenting, there's nothing you can do that's going to make me love you more or less. We love you. That's what the Lord says to us. There's nothing we can do that's going to make God love us more or less. He loves us as right. much as he does always. And we try to build that within our kids. You know, the whole time we're talking, I've been getting emails from a family. Their daughter's been doing some things they don't agree with. She was sneaking out. And they're trying to... To do what they think is best. And at the same time, they're just like they put security cameras up all around the house. They took her phone away. They don't let her hang out with her friends. She's never without yeah. a parent, you know, in her presence all the time. And I was like, I'm telling you, it's this much time before she's out of the house. You've got to teach them to be adults. You got to teach them, listen, yeah. you can make mistakes. We fail all the time. You got to pick yourself up. You got to do the right mm-hmm. thing, you know, but that. Uber control that we're never going to let you out of our sight until we think you're going to do the right thing again. Well, she might not. She might blow it again. She might, you know, the God isn't the God of second chances. He's the God of 200th and 2,000th chances. When it says, I stand at the door and knock, it's for eternity. It's until he comes back, he's still knocking at your door, and that's what a parent needs to be for their kid.
0: That's exactly right. You know, it's really funny because you can... Create so many protective modalities to keep your kids safe and from stumbling and hitting, you know, face planning But then when they turn 18, Mm. they have no ability to regulate themselves. And what have we actually done? We've kept them in pristine condition without bruises, scars or injury. And they're not able to manage life. That's yeah. not actually equipping them. When they bump and when they get off the, you know, I was thinking about getting knocked off the rail, so to speak. They, they're on this little path and somebody comes along. Maybe it's a... Going to sites they shouldn't have seen or mm-hmm. experiencing some conversations of friends that maybe backstabbed them or were spreading some rumors about them, real life situations that we don't want to happen. I mean, who wants yeah. those awful things right. to happen of to course. your children? I'm not a proponent for that. Yeah. And I do think we need, we have a biblical mandate to protect our children, but it is through those adolescent trial and errors they mess up. We become those safeguards around them in Mm -hmm. a sense of, come talk to me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk through this. How could we handle this better? What did you might, what maybe did you do to actually participate in this? Mm -hmm. Did you laugh at something? Did you kind of poke at somebody? Maybe did you text somebody you shouldn't over, you know, pick fun of somebody and put it on social media? There's so many things that we do as parents. If we just stop long enough to think about them as a person, and how it would impact them as a person. Mm-hmm. They learned that we're that person who they can be completely vulnerable with. And mm-hmm. we all long to be vulnerable. We all want to be heard. Yeah. We all want to be seen. How do I know that? Look at social media. Go into your kids' rooms at night when the sheet is illuminated after you've told them to go to <laughs> bed. They're talking to people. Yep. And the kids today, and you've probably learned this in all that you've done uh, with Rebel Parenting, they are required by their peers to answer a text in one point five seconds. Yep. Oh yeah. Talk about peer pressure. That our kids are under. That's what these kids are facing mm. constantly. The rumor, the apps that are anonymous that most parents don't even know about, your kids may not be on them, but that doesn't mean they're not being targeted right by some of these other kids. Yep. Yep. So educate, educate, leave margin in your life. That means you were saying God doesn't isn't just the God of second chances, but of multiple. You know, that's part of learning the love of God is that when we, when we sin, when we are in error, when we haven't valued other people, when we're flat out doing what we know we're not supposed to do, you know, we're able to go back to the Lord and say, you know what? I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, or I'm really struggling with this. For some reason, I just keep struggling with the same thing. And I would say to parents, look at your own life. See what you're doing in your own life because I can guarantee you, you're having repeated struggles in your own life. You're just too adult, you're too adult now. You don't have to talk about them. You can hide them better than they can hide them. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting.
1: Hey Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy. And that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information,
0: visit savethestorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? So Connie,
2: what would you say that you're seeing are the big pressures that teens are facing today? I mean, you talked a little bit about the peer pressure on the media, uh, social media realm. I just didn't know if you're seeing any other new correlations from maybe what we grew up in the 80s and 90s.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Social media has has been a game changer. I always say technology is neutral. The Internet isn't safe. And a lot of Mm. parents, they try to avoid it and restrict it and not allow it. And one thing that I'm seeing is kids that are not taught how to have a positive social footprint. They're not taught how to use social media to shine a light on for God's kingdom. Or they're not taught how to f- fight for a cause. Like, you know, my daughters both picked human trafficking. So they use social media to shine a light and create awareness about something that was happening mm. in their generation to their, you know, to young ladies that were their yep. ages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, get involved with the pug society. I tell parents often, use, find out what your children are passionate about, what makes their heart beat, whether it's, you know, Legos or, you know, whether it's oh, yeah. fishing or animal safety or save the whale, whatever it is, and then use what voice God has given you. And it could be, you know, in a Christian front as well, that use that to point other people to the positive outcomes of that. So Positive social footprints are key. Mm. Employers and colleges want to see that kids know how to interface in society positively. That they're trying to make a difference. You know, they're not out there poking people and creating, you know, harassment type things. They're just trying to shine a light Mm -hmm. and create awareness. And that isn't, you know, obviously, you guys know, some causes are going to, you shine a light on them and and that's not going to be a positive outcome. Sure. When your children are young, going to your question, kids need to understand that they can make a difference by Mm -hmm. using them as tools Mm -hmm. effectively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a tool in the toolbox. That's all it is. Well, the opposite is true.
1: I have a friend that works for a Fortune 100 company, not the 500, but the 100, (laughs) the smaller one. And before they hire anyone, they pour through their social media to see what kind of a person are you? Do we want to have this person that's surrounded by drama, that's constantly going out and partying till all hours of the night, texting inappropriate things, posting inappropriate things on Twitter, you know, and I can't say the company name, but it is a very famous delivery company that does quick deliveries. Uh, they were going between three people. Two were immediately X'd out of the running because of what they posted on social media. It was yep. like, oh my goodness. Like, it was just, it wasn't even a question. And the third person, they yep. were like, okay, I guess that's who we're gonna go with. Mm-hmm. And I think, Connie, yeah. sometimes for parents... Like, I'm thinking about it. You know, kids need to respond so fast to those that are reaching out to them on social media. You know, we didn't have cell phones when I was little. Like, someone could call, and they wouldn't know if you got the message for it. And by the way, when I was really young, there were no answering machines. If you, they called and you weren't <laughs> home, that was it. Nobody knew you called. Nobody cared that you called. And now it's such yeah. a, And I think sometimes parents are like, oh, it wasn't that way when I was... They don't have a narrative for those types of feelings Mm -hmm. because they didn't grow up with it and so therefore if it doesn't make sense to me it must not be real and it really is for our kids just the other night it was past my son's bedtime and one of his friends was facetiming him over and over again and he was like well I have to answer and I'm like no you don't he's like but he called I'm like who cares but to him and to his friend it was a really big deal and so I let him respond back of hey You know, I can't be on FaceTime anymore. We can't play video games tonight. I've got to go. But he was anxious about that until he was able to say, you know, everything's fine. I just can't play right now.
0: Oh, my goodness, Ryan, there is such wisdom in how you handle yeah, that. such honestly. a distinction. Because you understand their world, and parents have to understand mm. their child's world. Mm. It's not just social media, but social media has absolutely changed things. It's changed how we think. It's changed the expectations of performance. Like you mm. said, your son, he literally couldn't focus on enjoying his relationship with you because he knew the consequences of not responding to that text right away. Now, some kids, they're not intimidated by that. You know, it, yeah. it really goes back to what I started with, knowing your child. Mm-hmm. Some kids are like, I'll get it later. I'll call them when I feel mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. And their friends all know, yep. Hey, I could text them and it may be a day before they get back with me. Yeah. And they're not going to be, you know, harassed for it. Some kids, like your people-pleaser children, your children who have those tender mm-hmm. hearts, they're mm-hmm. compassionate, their empathy, they want to know what's going on. Some children just flat out experience FOMO. They they want to know everything that's going on and they're so afraid they're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's funny a because I thought parent? I was being
1: a bad parent by doing that. It was late at night. It was past their bedtimes. I was thinking, you know, because they don't have their own phones. Like they're FaceTiming on my on iPad <laughs> and their other kids' parents' phones. <laughs> and I'm like, am I the, like, here I am. I'm the rebel parent. I'm rebel parenting. We try to help parents like are they going to look at me like I'm the bad parent letting my kid, you know, FaceTime back this late at night, even though their kid just did it to mine and I'm just second guessing everything? <laughs> yeah. But he was so anxious about it. I was like, oh, all right, you know, mm.
0: I, okay. Yeah, I know that can truly be the feel that we get because it is different than when we grew up and a lot of times ryan we parent the way we were parented and if we don't go through the process of unpacking our childhood we don't go through the process of understanding back in the day you know whenever you were a childhood it was authoritative and it was permissive we don't have authoritative and permissive we have authoritative permissive helicopter hovering Mm lawnmowing sweeping i mean we have the (laughs) gamut the big thing is Are we a parent that is in tune with our child? Do our children know we are their greatest children, their greatest cheerleader? Mm -hmm. Do our kids Mm -hmm. know that they can come to us with whatever is going on? And we're going to pause and listen. And Mm -hmm. if we're too busy at that moment because we have a deadline or something, then we're going to say, you know what? You matter to me what you're facing is legitimately real. I totally understand that. I want to hear you. I want to talk about it. Can we talk about this? Just let me wrap this up in 30 minutes. Your kids will wait 30 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. drop everything right away. But when we are willing to, and I say this often, master the art of the pivot, we're kind of in a dance with our kids. Our children start to move one way because hormones are kicking in or there's some external factors that you don't know about that, that Some kids are saying things about them and, you know, they're just not mature enough to know how to process it. Mm -hmm. If we are serious about mastering the art of the pivot, we won't get all disjointed and worried, but we're still afraid that other parents are going to judge our parenting styles. And I'm thinking, I'm going for the heart of my child. You go for the heart of yours. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And when we get to the end, I want my children to want to do life with me. Mm-hmm, I want mm-hmm. my children to want to, to serve the Lord and not just be caught up in a you know, like a religion. I want my kids to have a heart for their community. And that all starts very, very strongly in the murky, mysterious, marvelous middle school years. That's when it all begins. Mm,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. You talked a little bit about being like a well-intentioned parent and getting different results. And you think you're going to raise your child to be this way, but you're kind of got off track. Remember how we were talking about that, babe? I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that.
0: If you feel like you're getting off track, um, for whatever reason, you know, crisis falls on, you know. So so much of what happens in parenting is external forces that come against us, Mm. you know, job losses, stresses, aging parents, sick kids, other cultural things that are happening. When you start to feel like either you're losing the heart of your child, they're pushing away, they're not listening to you, they don't respect you, you've got to step back. And then I really say, go before the Lord. God is the Mm -hmm. architect for that child. He has the blueprints and he's just given them to us so that we can consult him and paint the picture he has designed for them to be, which so like, if you see the cover of my book, you'll see five different paint brushes. Mm. They're not the same shape. They're not the same size. They don't hold the same amount of paint. The, all the paint colors mm. are different because when we are parenting, we have to use what works with that child. So, some children need more cuddling, they need more talking, yep. some children need more <laughs> space. When we have not respected like the child's need for space and we demand that they talk to us, they actually start putting up walls. When we realize we've kind of done that, mm-hmm. step back, go to the Lord, talk to your spouse if you're married and say, listen, this is what I'm sensing. Are you sensing the same thing? Mm-hmm. Then let's grab our child and say, hey, listen, this is what we're noticing. Help us understand, because we are a team. We are doing life together. We want to be as close as possible. We understand your need for space. We understand you're growing and changing. We're trying to be, we're a student of you. We are paying attention. Help us. Tell us what's going on. Mm. And if you don't want to tell us on, can you tell us if we've hurt harmed or offended you yeah. and if we have can we talk about that yeah it's
1: so special to it for a kid because your kids know what your personality type is they know the things that you like to do and for you to go out beyond yourself and to say hey I may have done this wrong I'm really sorry can you forgive me how can I meet you where you're at when you're asking those questions that maybe not even in that moment but at some point in their life they look back on that and go wow that was a big deal That was a really, I know they were putting themselves out. I know they stretched themselves as well to meet me where I was at. And it really does build that relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. It really does. And they actually earn more trust and more respect for you Mm -hmm. because sometimes some children, they'll test that boundary. They'll test and see if you will do that or if you will just say, I'm not wrong. You know, the parent that always has to be right, the parent that always has to have it their way, Mm -hmm. that works with some children. But that doesn't work with all of them and that's not even the way the lord was so god, you know god kind of came and met us and he i mean there are things that are non-negotiables like you no know, you are not going to do whatever each family has determined are the non-negotiables mm-hmm. but we talked to him about we don't do this not you don't do this but we don't do this and this is why yeah and yeah. i you know yeah. you've heard about the why's you know kids when kids are little it's always why and then you answer why, and it's, well, why? Yep. Yeah. And then you answer why, and you're exhausted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I do the exact same thing to my teenagers. I'll say, so why, you know, what made you do that? Why? Yeah. And they'll tell me, and I think about the layer of an onion. Let's just peel this back. Let's get to the heart of the matter. That's where real change begins, mm-hmm. and that's where real trust is also fostered.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to the teen that's completely, like, off the rails, you know, maybe doing drugs or sleeping around or really hooked on porn. What do you say to those parents? Yeah. Because I'm sure that comes up.
0: Yeah, it really does. You know, those kids are struggling and they don't know where to go or what to do. Mm -hmm. Again, it kind of goes back to the why. I will say this, depending on what it is that child's doing, if they're hurting or harming themselves, if they're cutting, Mm -hmm. if they're into drugs, if they're into pornography, all of those are addictions that can absolutely take such a stronghold that Mm -hmm. they could either Accidentally cause lifelong harm to themselves. Mm -hmm. If you have a situation that is of that nature, you really need to seek some counseling, some professional counseling, but you need to find a person who specializes in that specific area, not just a general. It's got to be somebody specifically trained because there's something going on deep inside that Mm -hmm. child, Mm -hmm. whether it's thought process that they've had, maybe things that have happened to them that you don't even know about, Mm. and you're thinking they're doing all this to you. They're not doing it necessarily mm. to you. There's just something going on. Don't ignore it. You can't ground a child out of pornography. Yeah. You can't talk mm. a child out of cutting. You can't stop a child who has got himself into drugs and he's addicted. You can't just say, All right, you stop it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or I'm kicking you out of the house. Right. You can't right. do that. But here's what you do do. You pray. You pray. You faithfully pray. You let that child know that you're praying. You let them know different verses. Even if you think it's falling, like seeds being thrown on hard soil, you continue to pray. Mm. You seek help where it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. You do not post on social media. You do not air your child's issues in a social Oh, thank form. you for saying that.
1: Thank nice. you. I can't tell you how many times I'll speak and do an event with parents And a parent will come up with their kid and go, yep, this is my hard one. He's been doing blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, no, like you can't say that in front of your kid. You can't do this. That
0: almost, that just gives me, oh, yes. Here's the deal. Here's what I tell parents. When they have that, I'll look at that child or that parent and I'll say, or when I'm speaking, I'll say, can you tell me how you would react if your child walked up and introduced you and said, yeah, she's just not really as good as Bobby's parents. I wish she was more like. Jane's mom because Jane's mom's really good but you know this is who I have Mm, yeah or hey
1: I just want you to know that my mom and dad fight and my dad looks at porn and my mom drinks too much after school and you know like if they aired your dirty laundry to me how would you feel because they feel a hundred times worse you're the one that's supposed to be protecting them don't air it on social media don't talk about it with your friends Go to a closed mouth person, a therapist, a counselor, a coach, someone like that that yeah. is safe. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. I love that you said specific yes, towards the issues that you're dealing yeah. with. That yeah. That was yeah, yeah. very key.
0: Yeah. A family. You know, a general family counselor is great if there's just, you know, let's just say we have some general conflict going on. The kid's not being heard, or maybe he's sassing off and saying things he shouldn't say to his parents. That's a general family counselor. You can work through those. Again, you know, a lot of times it comes down to one or both parties is not listening to each other. (laughs) They've dug their heels in, and one of them's going to win. And, you know, the teen's pretty sure it's going to be them. But the specific would be, you know, I did have a family come up to me and their child was really addicted. I mean, seriously addicted to pornography. And we talked a lot about that. And I said, you know, I'm not that person. I can't counsel that type of situation. But I said, I affirmed the mom. So I often tell each parent, I think it's important for all of us to do, affirm a parent that there is help and there's nothing wrong with getting help. Mm -hmm. Because, again, Mm -hmm. we're going for the emotional, mental physical health and well-being of our child. Mm-hmm. And when we do not fully know what's going on within that that child's heart, we can't. We're doing our best. But when we bring some help in to aid in that, then that shows that child, listen, I love you more. Yeah. I love you more than the stigmatism associated with it or the fact that somebody might speak. No, that we love them enough to seek help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a trusted friend. You know, sometimes we have some really strong, godly people that we could just say, Again, not on a social, you know, prayer right, thread because right, right. I, you know, I see this on social media all the time. Anything I can pray for you about, I want to sit there and say, unless you want to pray for my dog surgery or that I get a better attitude, no, I'm good, or a job or something <laughs> like that. Because the matters of the heart, the matters between the parent child relationship are so important wow. that we don't want to risk having them be angered at us for the rest of their life yeah. and then they end up in therapy as adults because they felt like you know they were never heard yeah. you know? and i think that's just an important piece It's not painful. I mean, it is not pleasant. It is very painful. And I would say to you and parents that it's not an easy road if that is something your children have found themselves into. But I will also say, don't be just like devastated that you were the worst parent ever or that you were a total Mm. failure. There's a lot facing these kids these days. And it slips in. We don't need gaping holes. All the enemy needs is a little tiny Mm. crack. And start working on that child at the right time, at the right hormonal place with that child, with the right peer pressure, and that child can cave. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, you got to give yourself a break. I mean, bad things happen to great parents and to great kids, it's just part of life. Yes. You know, we can't protect them from everything. Connie, my goodness, this has been so much fun. Yeah, thank you. I liked your book and I like this interview because it gives you so much hope for a season in life that can feel overwhelming. It can feel, you know, it can give you uh, anxiety inducing or fear inducing and you give people so much hope that yes, there might be some bumpy roads here and we can all go through it together. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show and Let's just keep encouraging these parents in the midst of hard seasons to pursue the heart of their teen and build on that relationship. Definitely. Thank Thank you you, so
1: much. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye.
1: Our thanks to Connie for taking time out of her day, for pulling over in the middle of a drive to do our podcast today. We had a bunch of fun with her also our thanks to the voice of the martyrs helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years persecution.com is their website and blinkist blinkist.com slash rebel parenting b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t.com slash rebel parenting for a free week of their premium service of 15 minute summaries of nonfiction books written and audio. You can find it on your phone, on your computer. You can listen while you're driving to work. You can listen after you've listened to Rebel Parenting. I love this service. Man, I have learned so much from it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sharing this with your friends. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon. God bless, Rebels.
0: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House, and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting—and everyone does—you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word Rebel to 444999. That's R E B E L, and the number is 444999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.